evening, good evening, good evening. Welcome to Two Minute Warning. This is the high-paced American football podcast in which the time is in short supply, but the opinions of me and Jez certainly are not. Jez, it's episode 73. How are you doing? I'm all right, I'm all right. I would have thought after 73 episodes you'd have told people your own name as well as, as just me, but... There you go. Yeah, well, you know, they know me. I'm famous. <laughs> <laughs> I I won't ask what for. This is a uh, a family friendly show, and we wouldn't want you to to out yourself. But uh, I am well. Absolutely. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Coming towards the end of a a long week. Uh, but yeah, good week. Lots of uh, lots of things happening in the world of the NFL as we get closer and closer to the. The big one, the yeah. the grand the granddaddy of them all. But no, that's a different sport, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that was the tagline for a a different biggest event in a in a sport. But yeah, yes. Uh, no, I'm I I feel you. It's been a, a tiring week, and I think that was really kicked off by the NFL in that like all of the games last weekend were so intense and so yeah. involved, and like it was a real like come down for the rest of the week from all of that it was probably the best weekend of of divisional round football that i can remember there was always at least one bad game in the past yeah of the four but no all all four games were were fantastic last weekend really thoroughly enjoyed all of them yeah and we we uh we we got rid of the um both number one seeds as well it Mm. was a one and gone for the for the Titans and the the Packers, which I, know, I bet that <laughs> it's a shame. It, it couldn't couldn't happen to a nicer team. That's that's all I can say about that. I mean, I I do feel that there will be a an Aaron Rodgers based rant coming up a little bit later. But yeah, like couldn't have happened to a nicer team. <laughs> I can I I can imagine that this this rant could uh, could take both of your timeouts and probably both of mine. They'll have to borrow them. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I definitely could barter for them. Absolutely, yeah. But it, it's a shame that there isn't like a camera set up in in my living room because I got out of my seat and danced around the room uh, <laughs> when, when the packets were eliminated. Uh, yeah, good fun. Thoroughly yeah. enjoyed it, uh, and uh, I'm kind of behind the, the 49ers now to to go all the way. But uh, yeah. Shall we uh, kick things off proper, and we'll get yeah get chatting I, I think, about last weekend's I, games. I think we should. I think we should. But before we do, I'm going to introduce um uh, two two new um two new characters to the show, and one one is coming your way. You saw it just before we went live on air. There's our two um our two mini figures. One uh, one Chicago Bears one. I don't know why he's holding a trophy. Um and <laughs> uh, a, a, and a Patriot. <laughs> There we are. Uh-huh. Two, two, two new characters. One, one winging its way to you, Jez. That's the only reason that you got those, isn't it? Is so that you could make that terrible underhanded bears don't have a trophy joke. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. You're all in on the 49ers, Jez. Says your father. Got it. Makes notes. Yes. Personally, <laughs> and you know, in my heart, I'm all for the 49ers for the rest of the season. That may not reflect my predictions but you'll have to wait till the end of the show for that we've got a lot to get through uh, we we're going to talk about uh 
divisional rounds, first of all. Then we're going to move into our all 2MW team. First time we've done that, as well as uh, MVPs. Uh, and then we'll talk about Championship Weekend. And then we'll get out of here. So we should probably get going. Yes. Uh, it's probably going to be a, a long show. So make sure you've got your snacks and things ready. Uh, and we'll start off things tonight talking about the divisional round. Cracking games one and all. First up. The Cincinnati Bengals held out to defeat the number one seed in the AFC, the Tennessee Titans, 19-16. With our first two minutes of the day on the clock, tell me what you thought of it. Yeah, so it was just one of one of four cracking games. I mean, I, I certainly enjoyed watching it. Um, it really kept plenty of the fans and neutrals gripped from kickoff until that finale the final whistle in that game uh titans for me looked like they hadn't had to buy it all uh ryan Tannehill, uh, in my opinion wasn't great uh and he should have really made the most of the opportunity that he had as the starting qb for the number one seed in the afc uh but yeah well done bengals on to the next one right yeah yeah and it was a scrappy game, you know. Kudos to the Bengals for for taking down the number one seed, but it wasn't, you know, as convincing as they would like going into uh, the next stage of the process. Joe Bur Burrow was sacked nine times in the game, uh, and the Titans still lost. Like uh, there was a a record that was sitting pretty. Donovan McNabb was the only QB in history to be sacked eight times in a playoff game and let them still win. Now that record belongs to Burrow uh, with nine sacks and still winning, but I don't see that being broken for a long time. I can't remember a time where I've seen a QB sacked nine times in a game and I have watched some truly terrible teams play. The Bengals are not a bad team. They just don't have a very good offensive line. That could come back to bite them. Their defense are good, though. They stepped up. They held back Derek Henry, who was returning from his injury and um, was almost looking like old Henry, other than the fact that he couldn't get the running game going for himself. But you're right, I think the Titans need to look at that QB situation in the offseason. I mean, I like Tannehill. He's fine, but that that's the problem. He's fine. Yeah. Doesn't cut it in the playoffs. No, certainly doesn't. Certainly doesn't. Uh, yeah, inter interesting game to to pick off first, and like I said, one of the uh, first number one seeds to disappear, one and gone. But next up, we um, look to the other game that had the NFC's number one seed in, and that was uh, a game which the 49ers played the Green Bay Packers, and it was a a shock it was led to a shocking defeat of said number one seed and they beat the green bay packers and i woke up to this game uh well i didn't wake up to watch it but i i checked the scores first thing on uh, on monday morning to see that green bay had lost 13 to 10 what do we think of this one i mean is my body language not telling you enough <laughs> what i what i think about it uh, it was glorious. I didn't watch it until the next morning, and I, I spent the the morning watching it, and it was glorious to watch. Um, wonderful stat. Aaron Rodgers is the only QB in history to lose to uh, the same opponent four times in the playoffs. 
to lose four playoff games to a single opponent. Again, couldn't happen to a nicer guy. And really, the thing that's telling for me is how Aaron Rodgers acted after the game and in his interviews talking about his future. He said things along the lines of that uh, he doesn't want to be part of a Packers rebuild and that a lot of his, you know, good teammates are going to be free agents in 2022. So he's going to have to look at his future. And it's just such entitled nonsense from Aaron Rodgers, who has never had to play on a bad team. He's always been handed brilliant teams from the moment he ousted Brett Favre too soon to right up till now, where he's just been handed everything in his career. Good riddance to him. I hope he retires rather than goes and blighting another team. I think them losing... The Green Bay Packers losing in this game was the single greatest non-bear moment of my life. I did a massive <laughs> dance. It was amazing. What did you think? As a neutral, well, as a more neutral. Yeah, yeah. And I think it, you, you've hit the nail on the head. I think Rogers wants out. Um, I mean, he's either going to find another jo- a QB Schmuck. job or, or he's going to go off to Jeopardy, which I know you'll love. Uh, 49ers fans, I do sincerely apologise for saying that your team had stood no chance for the last few weeks, but they went and got it. A big game this weekend for them. Um, prove this is, and, and capped off quite finely by somebody I know, proving how to win a playoff game with next to no offensive players who were star names, unlike the Packers. <laughs> okay good right i've got that out of my system we can move on now uh, and we're on to sunday's games uh starting yeah. with one of the craziest games in nfl history uh the super bowl champion tampa bay buccaneers were defeated by the los angeles rams 30 to 27 kick us off two minutes yeah so this was uh Edge of your sheet, edge of your seat, shizzle as I've called it. To be, you know, quite PC about it. Um, another great game that nearly had Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski on course for a, another championship game. Uh, Brady has said he hasn't taken a decision on his future yet, but being forty-four and all, maybe it's time finally, Tom, to go and I don't know, sit in the sunshine. Uh, the the Rams absolutely more than deserve this win. Uh, they are in what we have been saying all season: win now mode, win now mode, win now mode. Period. Yeah, it's true. They did deserve to win this game, or at least the first half. Rams deserve to win this game. That second half team was really just playing themselves they really wanted to beat themselves it seems they should have dominated the whole thing they got cute and tried to run the ball to try and waste out the clock in the second half but the thing about doing that is you have to consistently get first downs in order to keep the drives alive to keep the clock running and they weren't doing that so what they were actually doing was just playing themselves and giving away possession uh, every minute and a half two minutes because the the Bucks defense were just good enough to to stop mm. them, but not not good enough to stop them scoring when they were really going for it. All they needed to do for the entire game, instead of overthinking this, was stick to the format that got them there, got them to halftime with that massive lead, just play football, 
and just get the ball to Cooper Cup. It's it's not a, a difficult formula. And at the end of the game, they stopped dicking around, they got the ball to Cup, and they won. It's that simple. Yep. So, a lesson learned, hopefully, for, for the next weekend. Uh, but Hank on YouTube asked the question, why do the Niners match up so well against the Rams? And it's a good question. And there isn't really a concrete answer to it. But there are just some teams, some rivals that just have have the number of their divisional rivals. You, you, I see it a lot in the NFC North as a, as a Bears fan. Somehow, it doesn't matter how good the Vikings are, the majority of the time, the, the Bears will beat them anyway. Yeah. Even, even when the Bears have got terrible, terrible teams, they'll beat the Vikings anyway. Wouldn't point at this season as a, a glorious example of that but it wasn't a glorious example of the team but there are just some teams that that have the number and it is a concern for the rams going into this weekend we're gonna preview the championship game uh towards the end of the show but i mean have you got any any thoughts about why why the niners just seem to beat yeah, the rams so consistently it's, it's... It's just, it's almost like in any sport you can come up against a bogey team, so to speak. And I think, this is this a case of the 49ers are the Rams' bogey team? Um, do the 49ers just play harder um, when, when they come up against the Rams? It's going to be interesting to see with so much on the line. Uh, I don't think, I can't remember the last time they played each other with so much on the line, I mean, win and you're in. I mean, technically, you know, the last week of the season is when they played each other with with stuff on the line. Because if the if the Forty Nine ers didn't win, it was very very difficult, if not impossible, yeah. to get into the playoffs. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it meant very little to the Rams. So, yeah. Uh, you look at this season. The Forty Nine ers beat the Rams while the Rams were in their slump. First of all, yeah. So, can you discount that? open to interpretation. Yeah. Last game of the season, the Rams were already in the playoffs. Really were con- trying to conserve the health of their players, didn't have too much to concern themselves with. Yes, it was about winning the division. We we discussed this. Yeah. But when it's get into the playoffs healthy or win the division, what do you choose? You choose get into the playoffs healthy every single damn yeah. time. So this season might be an anomaly in that sense. Yeah. You go back to last season. I've got no explanation for last season other than both teams were terrible last season. Yeah. Yeah. But well, yeah, yeah, we'll, both, we'll, both we'll have improved. Around. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. For sure. For sure. But we'll circle yes. back around to that when we uh, preview the championship game. Thanks for your question, Hank, and thank you for the subscription on YouTube. Much appreciated. Uh let's move on to the the last game from Vision Yeah. Around. Absolutely, and the crazy did continue when the uh, Kansas City Chiefs took down the Buffalo Bills, and it was a game that went into overtime, with the final score being 42-36. Crazy game, right? Look, let's not kid ourselves here. This, even in the last moments, could have gone either way. I'd just because the Kansas City Chiefs won this game, I don't think they're the better team. I think this team are, were so evenly matched in every single conceivable way uh, that it was laughable, really. Um, 
it was a true shootout in the in the sense of the word. Points were answered with points, touchdowns answered with touchdowns, and it just went back and forth for the entire game with no signs of stopping. Even at the end of the game, when all seemed lost for the Chiefs and they went and scored that last touchdown in, in 13 seconds of game time, I'm not sure that the Bills couldn't have done similar with the way that they were playing. Going to overtime was really kismet for this game, and there's a lot of talk about whether the overtime rules for postseason need to be changed because you know that the Bills would have answered that touchdown if they were yeah. given the opportunity. So there is some question there, but I think it's time to suck it up and move on. The Chiefs won. Let's let's just move on and get into the championship. Yeah, and, and yeah, what, what a game. Uh, a nice touch at the end with Patrick Holmes leaving that celebration that he, that they had going on for Kansas. Uh, he went to talk with Josh Allen, which was, a, like I said, a nice touch there. Uh, will Josh Allen ever get to the big one? I mean, will Buffalo need to improve to challenge again? I mean, they've fallen one step shorter again. I said last week, is is it a case of um, this game was played a week a week too early? The NFL guilty of putting what should be the AFC Championship on a week early. Uh, yeah, lots of questions with answers that I'm sure we'll start to get. We'll start to get post Super Bowl. Yeah, I I don't think it reflects badly on the on the Bills at all. To be honest, like. Just is what it is, and yeah, the, bill, the think, bills are no worse for it. No, no, and I think, like you said, it was just shootout, wasn't it? And yeah, crazy game that we love. Yes, yes. All four of these uh, games, uh, the the regulation playtime ended in a in a field goal. Which... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was crazy. It's I don't I can't remember the last time that happened. I don't think it's ever happened. No, no and no. can you imagine how much you'd have. One, if you placed a bet on that. Mm. Insane, insane. But let's uh, take a look back uh, at how all of these games have affected our special bottle of rum prediction competition for the playoffs. So, uh, Matt, take it away. Yeah, so um, it was uh, low scoring. Well, it's going to be low scoring anyway because there was four games. Um, but, yeah, in this regular competition, you predicted two. I predicted one uh, with the you bet thrown in. Your question was uh, the Bengals at Titans game. Question it was, um, will this be the highest scoring game of the weekend? I uh, I said no, you said yes. I was right with my prediction saying the Chiefs-Bills was going to be the highest scoring. Um, so yeah, um, it's a point for me on that one. Uh, the next one was my question, Buffalo at Kansas. Question uh, that I posed was, will Mahomes and Kelsey get more points when connecting than Allen and not? Uh, Both of us said yes. Mahomes to Kelsey for six points. Allen to knock zero points, point each. Uh, So uh, divisional weekend total is Jez three, Matt two, playoff total Jez eight, Matt six. So not done and dusted yet. Not quite yet. No. no. It depends what you pick later on when we talk championship games. 
and yeah. it could it could actually come down to the Super Bowl. Yes, we we may have to, I don't know, assign teams by a, a coin toss for the Super <laughs> yeah. Bowl. Or if if we go into an eight eight, yeah, then uh, then we'll have to do that. There's no you bet Absolutely. this week, so it is no. just down to the two games that are being played. But I am I am slightly you know preparing my mixers for for the bottle of rum that I'm about to re- receive. You know, thing. Yeah. I'm not count not counting my uh, spirits before they are poured. Is that is that an analogy? Yeah, um, but like <laughs> but I'm, I'm clearing space in the cupboard. We'll put it that way. There we are. <laughs> right uh, now, it's time to move on to name our all two MW team for the 2021 season. First time we've done it. Here's how it's going to work. Uh, we're going to go largely untimed for the majority of this. So we're going to put the the two minute clock away for the time being we'll each name a nomination per position uh if we agree great uh then they'll go in as a unanimous pick if not we will discuss it and come to a decision between us a bit of give and take uh so let's let's get things started yeah and uh arguably the the most important the the guy who gets paid all the money right uh, and this is our choice for the all 2mw quarterback uh who's your nomination jez so for quarterback you know i'm never going to be be picking the uh the giant green and yellow elephant in the room uh, and to be fair even if i didn't have you know major philosophical problems with aaron rodgers i don't think he has been uh the, the kind of most valuable quarterback for his team. Uh, he's had decent weapons all year, uh, all career, so uh, I'm not going for him. I'm going to go with Tom Brady. For Tom Brady to be doing what he's doing at his age and with a team that's been declining in health all year, he's had injuries left, right and centre, but still he, he finds a way to get it to somebody and make yeah. a star out of whoever they've picked off the street uh in in tampa bay uh he's amassed 5,316 yards this season 43 passing touchdowns 12 interceptions uh so i would i would nominate tom brady as the all two mw quarterback yeah and i'm uh, i'm gonna start it off easy for us and yeah it's an easy one for me to to pick tom as as the quarterback um most yards, like I said, uh, probably uh, with it being our first ever time we've done this, it's probably the last one he'll get. Um, it's Brady for me. Yeah, I mean, the, there is that as well. It's the first time that we're doing this. We would probably be remiss if going into the annals of history when we repeat this, that, uh, that you know, Tom Brady was never named all 2MW would yeah. probably be a travesty. So I think yes. Brady's Brady's a fair pick. Nice bit of consensus to start. That was easy. A unanimous pick there. Moving on to running back then. Uh, who would you like to, to nominate for, for running back? Yeah, so um, I think the, the running back that stood out for me, and to be honest, I, I thought he was a rookie, um, but that's my mistake. Uh, it turns out that he's been around for two years, right? Uh, and that's Jonathan Taylor uh, down in Indianapolis playing for the Colts. Uh, really come on this season. What an absolute talent, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I 
you've you've kind of got my pick there as well. Uh, Jonathan Taylor was my pick. I I think with all the conversation about MVPs, uh, Jonathan Taylor would have been a shoe in if it wasn't for the fact that the Colts didn't make the playoffs. And uh, as Hank asks in the chat, what about Herbert for QB? He was good this year too. Playoffs is the the missing factor for me. Yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, Jonathan Taylor. 1800 <clears throat> pardon me 1811 rushing yards first in the NFL 18 rushing touchdowns first in the NFL 5.5 yards per carry tied for second in the NFL the the stats speak for themselves so uh, yeah. an, another agreement another unanimous pick starting us off uh, Jonathan Taylor is our all 2MW running back yeah, and it's a, a good start right you got Easy. Tom Brady at quarterback and you got Jonathan Taylor at running back there we are uh, however, it starts to get a little bit more complex now with us picking uh, our all 2MW wide receivers and we're going to pick three. Like a lot of the other medias pick three, we're going to pick three too, right? Yeah, I mean, you're putting a team together. You need a, Absolutely. a decent stack of, of receivers. Okay, so we'll we'll do this one at a time as, as there are three. I think the first pick is probably going to be another unanimous, very obvious pick. And again, you come down to the stats. Who leads in everything? Mm. Cooper Cup at the Rams. He was targeted the most, 189 times. He has the most receptions at 145. The most receiving yards at uh, 1,947. And the most receiving touchdowns at 16. It's It's... We'd be dumb if we didn't nominate this guy straight out. He is objectively the best receiver in the league this year. Oh yeah, absolutely, and 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 no disagreement from me there. Is is Cooper Cup has been absolutely on on form all season long. Uh, I'm just gutted he doesn't play for like somebody decent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not like the Rams are in the NFC Championship or anything. Yeah, all don't right. be bitter because he's not a Patriots player. Uh, I, I think any team would take Cooper Cup as their wide receiver one, right? Mm. And there's a lot of conversation about Cooper Cup being the league MVP, but how much of his success is entirely him? Yeah, and how much of his success is due to having Matt Stafford throwing the ball to him? Yeah, it, it's hard hard to argue the fact, really, considering he's not he's not a rookie. He's been in the league for a long time, and he's yeah. never been close to putting up these numbers, even in fully healthy seasons, of which last year was not. I give you, no. but he has had fully healthy seasons, and it hasn't got there. So I think Stafford deserves some of the credit. You know, it's a it's a partnership between quarterback and, and receiver. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But yes, the Triple Crown winner indeed. He's a unanimous pick. Who yes. who else have you got at receiver? I think uh, the the next name that, that really popped out for me was J. Bar Chase um at the Bengals. Uh another player absolutely stood has stood out especially um postseason. Obviously, with them being the most recent games, really, really pulled out some some really good performances. Uh, yeah, and another player that you know anybody would love to line up Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase on the on the same team, right? Yeah, yeah, and his his numbers aren't as top tier 
mm. as as Cooper Cup, but, but obviously they're not they're not bad. Uh, Fourteen hundred fifty-five yards on the season. That's fourth in the NFL and third in touchdowns with thirteen. So there are people better than him. Cup being the main one, but for me, it's about the partnership between quarterback and receiver. And Jamar Chase has been there every time that Burrow has needed to go to him. Really, um, he's pulled them out of some really like tough situations, some games that they were not looking like they were going to win. Uh, a big contributor to them them getting to the the playoffs. So, yeah, yeah, um, having Burrow's helps. Yes, yeah. yeah. I, I don't think any of these receivers are, are getting in to the conversation without having uh, an elite quarterback pass no. into them and I, th- I think y- this is the year where we have really cemented Joe Burrow as being an elite quarterback he's met that potential uh, from yeah. from the draft a couple of years uh, ago so and, and they they had that connection in college as well didn't they with they did with, uh, yeah but Burrow yeah. And, and Jamar Chase it, it was you know it was it was a good fit for Chase to go obviously Chase was uh, a couple of years behind um Joe Burrow. Yeah, ju- just the one, but yeah, yeah, they came separately. Yeah, so yeah, so it's a separate package, but having and, that college connection. And the other conversation is, you had to get immediate dividends from this Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase connection because oh, yeah. you had to live up to picking Chase instead of picking a, a lineman to help that offensive line, which yeah. has not improved. It's still bad, no. as we saw with. Borough being sacked nine times last week. So, <laughs> yeah. no, Another unanimous pick then for Jamar Chase of the Bengals. That's two receivers in the books. Um, now, I don't think we're going to agree on the next one. And I'm breaking with my own tradition. I'm going to nominate a Green Bay Packer. Oh, what would you do that for? <laughs> I mean, you look at the numbers and you look at the performance. And unfortunately, I'm left with, with very little choice. Uh, Devante Adams... Uh, I think uh, deserves to be in that third spot. Uh, he's one of the guys that's slightly ahead of Jamar Chase in the, in the numbers. Uh, he was targeted 166 times, which is tied for second. Uh, he has the second most receptions with 123, third most yards. Uh, so again, immediately ahead of Jamar Chase, uh, 1,553. And he's fifth in the league for receiving touchdowns with 11 <clears throat> I know that I give the Packers a hard time, but uh, I think with Devontae Adams being a free agent this year, they would very much notice the the difference between Devontae yeah. Adams and a another receiver on the Packers. So I'm going to reluctantly nominate Adams. Yeah, and I I I think you 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 put a, a really good argument there with obviously he's tied second with targets. Uh, I'll, I'd be easily con- convinced out of it. I'm just going to throw that. <laughs> um, well, the the one that that, that popped to my mind was uh, somebody who's slightly gone under the radar here, and that's uh, Debo Samuel. Um, he are uh, with with his receptions, eighteen point two yards per carry. That is first in the league. Uh, One thousand four hundred and five yards this season. Uh, six touchdowns through the air. Eight rushing touchdowns. Um, I don't know whether, obviously, with that yards per carry being first in the league, does that say that there's been some mismatching done by uh, other teams' defenses, or is the offensive coordinator in San Francisco deliberately 
targeting the weak side. I I agree with everything you say about Debo Samuel. The only reason he didn't get the consideration for me is a a lot of the things that he has been doing has not been as a wide receiver. It has been as a de facto running back. Yeah. On end arounds and even just starting in the backfield. So to put him in as a wide receiver would be slightly unfair to the other wide receivers, I think. And what a lot of people have forgotten, but I have not forgotten because I gave him a real hard time for it at the beginning of the season, was how much Debo Samuel dropped the damn ball in like the first three or four weeks of the season. Yeah. It was insane. He was targeted so much in those first few games and dropped the ball every single time. He fixed it, and that's wonderful, and he's had a great season, but I'm less than convinced at putting him in, in an all-2MW team as a result of those two things. But I will let you have the make the decision. Uh, you've heard my argument for a person I, I don't particularly yeah. like, so, so it's up to you. I, I think, like you said, um, it is a little unfair putting Debo in at wide receiver. Like you said, having his his main threat being that factor running back, um, although he is listed as a wide receiver, that is his primary position. Um, I can't argue with... Well, you know me, I, I, love, I love a stat, and I can't really argue with Devontae Adams stats so um yeah i think lining up with cup and chase is Devonte adams fair enough but our first non-unanimous pick yes. uh, in adams so yeah he's a, a tier below the other two at least that makes me feel a little yeah. bit better about it yeah uh, right. honorable mentions to uh justin jefferson and Diggs, says hank yeah i i would agree with that uh jefferson didn't have as good a year this year as as previous no. Um, but still, definitely the the number one receiver on that team didn't quite pull out all of the stops that were needed for the Vikings to succeed. And Diggs, yeah, Diggs is interesting. He he shut down in the important games, even in in this game with the the Chiefs that they did so well in. Mm. Diggs was yeah. a non-factor, so it's in, it's interesting. He is a fantastic receiver, but. There is just something, something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, we move on to uh, tight end. Yes. Uh, what have we got? I, it's a name that, that pops up everywhere. Uh, a name that's in all the, the major writers over in the States, and that is Mark Andrews from the Ravens. Uh, no other tight end can match his stats this season. I know. Uh, I'm sure you'll you'll wow me with the stats. Uh, Travis Kelsey in the mix, Darren Waller and George Kittle. However, they all missed games this season, uh, and that's why uh, I think Mark Andrews is the more deserving. I'm gonna agree with you on on the Mark Andrews front. Um... The stats do speak for themselves. You're right. He is first in everything. I'll get to those shortly. But the reason for me that that he stands out above the others is that his production did not drop when when uh, Lamar Jackson went down. Mm. 
with whoever they had at QB. Was it Tyler Huntley? Was that was the main backup yeah. to Lamar Jackson? His production didn't didn't drop, and actually he made Tyler Huntley look good. Um, so I, I think that's that's consistency that you can't argue with. Uh, yes, he was first in everything: 149 targets, 107 receptions. 1,361 receiving yards. Uh, oh, and he was tied for first in, in receiving touchdowns. My apologies. He wasn't the, the clear first, uh, but nine receiving touchdowns uh, there. Uh, Travis Kelsey was clutch last Sunday, Hank. You're absolutely right. Um, yeah. But it's more of a, a regular season kind of award. Um, and Travis Kelsey just wasn't quite there in the numbers. And he should be good. He's got Patrick Mahomes thrown to him. Yes. Yeah. So unanimous. Mark Andrews, Baltimore Ravens is the all two MW tight end. Yes. Good choice. Good choice. <laughs> uh we do move uh now to uh tackle. Uh uh we're gonna choose two tackles in our all two MW team. Um so what's your first nomination? So first of all, uh, this probably isn't going to be a surprise. It's the name on on everybody's lips, uh, naming their their all pro teams. Uh, Trent Williams, San Francisco 49ers. He's been one of the the best in the league for a very long time, um, and he's on, on a line that has only allowed 1.9 sacks per game this season. Um, he's only personally responsible for one sack this entire season. Um, which is a, a wonderful stat to have against your name. And it doesn't matter who you plug in at running back in San Francisco. They all do well. Um, so I, I think he really deserves his name in history on the all-2MW team. Yeah, it's it's uh, something you, you said right from the office. Absolute shoe-in. And obviously a shoe-in for the both of us here. Uh, no arguments against what is... As you said, the popular opinion amongst not just us here on Two Minute Warning, but amongst a lot of the uh, sports writers across the pond. Yeah, apologies. I'm just laughing at uh, your father. Jez starting at running back for the 49ers confirmed. Yes. The, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if the Contracts 49ers want to <laughs> sign me to the practice squad, even if I only make it to training camp, that's still a nice chunk of change in my pocket. So, yeah, by all means, sign me up. Sign me up. Uh, and yes, he did have the the highest uh, PFF grade for sure. Yeah, it's it's the it's the obvious choice. You know, sometimes yeah. you just gotta you just gotta do what's obvious yeah. and not zig, basically. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's, so let's that's see how one he works out this weekend. We, yeah, that's true. But we need two tackles, a left we and do. a right. So uh, who else have you got? Yeah, well, I've I've gone with one a name that doesn't roll off the tongue. And that's uh, Tristan Wirfs uh, for the Buccaneers. Um, this this young young guy only turning twenty three uh, this month. Um, he didn't allow a single pressure for a four game stretch right after the Bucks bye week. Uh, athletic, wide bodied right tackle. Uh, they they're calling him a proverbial brick wall on, of pass protection. <laughs> Is it a name familiar to you? It is purely because of uh, of him going down uh, in the postseason and the yeah. the effect that that had on the 
the Bucks offensive line. Uh, and yeah. I did I did have a different name to to throw at you. Uh, I was going to make an argument for Jordan Mylita at the Eagles, but do you know what? I'd overlook Tristan Wirfs, and I'm just going to roll with with what you're saying. I think he definitely deserves to make the team. Yeah, it's like you said, he, he went down postseason, and obviously things started to fall away. So yeah, interesting, interesting uh, choice that probably isn't in very many people's. No, you uh, know what? That that Bucks offensive line is massively underrated. I don't think yeah. people give them enough credit, really. For for how little time Tom Brady spent on his ass this season, it's not like he's <laughs> yeah. a, a mobile quarterback. You know, he's a pocket passer, and so if guys won't get into him, then then that's that's on the offensive line. So yeah, kudos to them. Yeah, yeah. So, they, and that's hey. our that's our tackles done, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, the next the next position up is uh, guard. We've got to choose two again. Uh, so, yeah, who is your first nomination for the all-2MW guards? Okay, so uh, you're going to really like one of these, uh, as will, will your father. Uh, but first, uh, my pick is Quentin Nelson, the Colts. Um, when you, you think about the guard position and those interior linemen, they're major contributors to the running game and, and lead blocking. And with the Colts... I think that Quinton Nelson was a definite factor in Jonathan Taylor's dominant running game this season. Uh, the difference of when he was out injured uh, compared to when he returned this season were night and day. Uh, and when you look at the the stats, he was only personally responsible for one sack. So uh, I think he's he's a shoe in in my book. That's one. Yeah. I'll just give you my other one as well, and then uh, you can you can counter it and we'll we'll decide uh my second pick is Shaq Mason on the Patriots uh for fairly similar reasons uh kept Mac Jones out of trouble again another another pocket passer not mobile can't move out of the pocket very much and he helped uh, the Patriots really improve their running game and, and dominate on the ground um that won you games this season for sure uh and he's only responsible uh, for allowing one sack as well, pers- on a personal, on the personal front. So yeah, those are my two picks. Yeah, well, I've gone with um, the a player coming out of Kansas, uh, Joe Tooney. Um, just to throw that name in the hat. Uh, interestingly enough, played most of this season with a broken hand. Uh, what a guy! Uh, I think I'd have just gone, yeah, hold it with a broken hand playing guard, but. Hey, Joe Tooney, right? <laughs> Where is he? Chiefs? Chiefs, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um yeah, in uh, a name that that did pop up in uh, in a little bit of research earlier. Uh and the next one uh that uh, yeah, another another name that doesn't seem to roll off the tongue in Zach Martin at the Cowboys. Uh he's been around for the last decade. Uh, only snubbed once for an all-pro team, and that was at la- uh, 2020, and that was due to injury. Uh, been cited as a, a very reliable right guard who has a, a f- uh, an absolute fact. He's been an absolute factor for keeping Dak and Co alive all year. 
So my argument against Zach Martin would be uh, that Ezekiel Elliott hasn't done particularly well this year yeah. uh, compared to previous. Um, so he may have been snubbed from an all-pro all team once, but I think we might be snubbing him here today as well. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, en I'm entertained by the, the Joe Tony idea. I like that. Uh, which of, of my two stood out to you? Uh, uh, it's 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 a bit of an obvious choice for me is in in Shaq Mason. Thought you might say that, yeah. It's not yeah. it's it's for me even as a patriot, it's not a not a a name that shines in the in the brightest light. Uh, just one of those quiet players that goes about his job properly. Um, and doesn't bitch and moan. So hey, Shaq Mason's a really good choice. Uh, yeah. Quinton Nelson. Uh, I I just don't know enough about the guy obviously like you said a, a major contributor in in uh what jonathan taylor has done um and i think with our um our response to how well jonathan taylor has done uh, i think quinton nelson and shaq mason are probably the the best out of the four that we've named yeah yeah, if, yeah. i mean if you're happy to go with that then yeah, then, yeah, then i am as well yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, Ali Marpet from the Buck says Hank is another good choice. Um, the the thing about guard is it's not a flashy position, no. And so you have to you have to do some really close analysis to yeah. see how these guys are doing. And to be fair, if you're a starting guard in the NFL, you're you're probably doing very well because it's a, a very light position in that mm. there aren't that many people that can do it. And if you can't do it, they get rid of you because. That's yeah. the quarterback back there that you are not protecting and the running yeah. game that you're not getting going. So bad guards don't tend to last very long uh, unless yeah. you know, you're the Chicago Bears and you've got no other choice. But <laughs> it's not fair. They've been better this year. Um, but yeah, I think Quentin Nelson and, and Shaq Mason are, are fair choices. Uh, so yeah. we'll, let's pen them in uh, on the all-2MW team at guard. Absolutely. So let's close out the offensive line then. Who's left? But the centre, who have you got? I've gone with um, Creed Humphreys from the Chiefs. Um, it's it's not very often that you see a, a rookie uh, make any All-Pro team, uh, and apparently even rarer to see a second-round pick voted as an All-Pro. Um, he's allowed one sack all season directly responsible for one sack all season uh only allowed 10 total pressures um his blocking was better uh has been said to be better now that he's turned pro than when he was in college and yeah he's just been very good all season at center another another uh, job people tend to forget about but he's the guy who snaps that ball back and he's the guy directly responsible for the off offensive line yeah I, li I like that pick i like creed humphreys a lot uh, he's the person i had i had overlooked and considering that we snubbed his teammate in in joe tunney maybe he's he's a shoe in i had uh ryan jensen for the bucks yeah. uh, on my list he's only personally responsible for two sacks so you know your guys got got my guy beat there um we've already discussed how how underrated the uh the the bucks offensive line is but uh, i'm i'm going to defer to you i'm not even going to give you the choice to to 
put Ryan Jensen on there. I think Creed Humphrey is a good choice. And uh, apparently he looks like a pro wrestler. I hadn't hadn't noticed that. Maybe that's a yeah. career he can uh, he can go into after after he's done. Vince McMahon loves big meaty guys, so you know. What like Rob Gronkowski did it. <laughs> yeah. But the less said about Rob Gronkowski uh, is is the better. This championship. He's like, he's like Otis. Oh, okay. In that he's got no neck or or what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Creed Humphries is a is a big old center. Yeah. Did somebody say big meaty guys? Yes, Harmstone. If you say big meaty guys three times in the mirror, MJ Harmstone appears. Did you know that? <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> well, you do now. So, absolutely. Uh, yes. Okay. Right. Creed Humphries, the all two MW center. Wonderful. Yeah. And that's the offense yeah. done. It is. It's in the books. It's in the books. Um, so we we move from the offensive line to the defensive line, uh, and it's another position we have to now pick two in for our all two MW team. And first, up the position is defensive end. Right. I'm feeling a little bit naughty here because you you know how I uh, had had the conversation earlier about how Debo Samuel hasn't really been playing his own position. Um, I'm going to nominate somebody that isn't really a defensive end, but has been playing defensive end and um, is doing really well at it. Um, and that's Micah Parsons for the Cowboys. Um, he has mostly been playing in that edge rusher position. Okay, some of it has been as an outside linebacker, but he's been a lot closer to the line for the majority yeah. of the season than your average outside linebacker. And he's also spent plenty of time right on the line in on that defensive end position. So I'm I'm more comfortable doing it than than I would saying Debo Samuel is just a wide receiver. Maybe hypocritical, but yeah, it's my show what you're gonna do. Um <laughs> and I I don't think you can argue with how much of an impact he's made to the Cowboys. That Cowboys team last year was Rash. It was a dumpster fire. One of the worst defenses in NFL history. And it's a complete turnaround this year. And they haven't really changed that many of the parts other than drafting Micah Parsons. He's a rookie. And he's stepped in already and he's making a huge impact. So I, I'm going Micah Parsons. That's my pick. Yeah, and I, th I think you, even, even with him not being a defensive end um yeah that guy what what a pickup i mean i know enough uh cowboys fans just one um to to be able to say that they rave about mike passes a hell of a lot um like i said turned around that defensive line um yeah what what a guy here what a draft pick uh i think we we highly rated him when we did oh, yes. our draft well oh, yes. so um one of those names that just just seems to have picked up a bit of polarity and and will uh, a player that will only get better over time right well that one was easy so i'll i'll, I'll just go into my second one and and maybe we'll get two unanimous picks out of it uh my next pick is shared with uh, your father in the chat miles garrett browns um, and rather than give you stats and bombard you with that, I will just point you to the Bears game 
uh, in week three as an example of why Miles Garrett should be uh, on the all-2MW team. He's just one of the biggest disruptions in the league and uh, he's definitely the, the Browns MVP, uh, without a doubt. Yeah, I, I think we, we can't even argue here. Miles Garrett deserves the, the heaps of praise that he gets. Um, as you rightly said, one of the biggest disruptions in the league. Um, yeah, another guy that just uh, just is going to keep getting better and better, which is, uh, you know, sad, sad, sad for uh, opposing teams. There you go. So you, you don't have anybody to oppose him then? No, absolutely no. I think I think the the right choices are there with with Micah Parsons and 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 Miles Garrett. What what a pairing! What an absolute pairing! Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, yeah, and and Tom, keep that that what thought in your head. That may come back <laughs> shortly. Uh, but for now, we'll move on to defensive tackle. We need two of those as well. Uh, who've you got? Well. All greats wear the number 99. That includes me when I play football, American football, that is. Uh, and the stats don't lie here. Aaron Donald, um, he definitely made up for that Super Bowl loss against Brady and now has a massive chance to set that right. Yeah? This. Yeah. Um, no, no. You know, when you look at defensive tackles, it's Aaron Donald. Uh, and then there's a big gap, and then there's the rest of the league. So, no, yeah. absolutely, he deserves to be there. Uh, I know you like the stats, so I'll give them to you. Uh, 49 solo tackles, third in the league. 15 sacks, first in the league, as at, at that position, at least. Uh, four forced fumbles, first in the league. He's just a playmaker. It's, it's that simple. Um, there was a fear that the Rams were going to lose him for a, a period... That probably would have ended their their hopes at the playoffs, so it's a good job that they didn't. Um, so unanimous, he's in, no problem there. Um, yeah. I, I realise as I as I continue through my list that I'm on a bit of a Bucks love fest. Um, <laughs> so I'm I'm hoping that you've got somebody I've forgotten, but my my pick uh, is Vita Vea. Now his numbers don't fully reflect his worth uh, to the Bucks. He's tied for 55th in solo tackles which is not great um he's tied for 20th in sacks which again is not wonderful but he is a constant disruption and he more creates opportunities for the rest of the defense to pick up those stats and pick up those numbers he's always in the backfield always so it's indirect action that I think Vita Vea is is responsible for and is a big part of that that defensive line for the uh, for the Bucks. What do you think? Yeah, it's interesting stats. I I saw him play uh, last weekend. Um, yeah, talented guy, but the the guy that I picked is slightly different. Um, DeForest Buckner, uh, Colts. He arrived at Colts via a trade from San Francisco. Is that going to bite them in the backside? Uh, DeForest Buckner has totaled 9.5 sacks this season, 26 quarterback hits and 30 quarterback hurries, as well as 32 dots. Um, 
he seems to have some some stats that seem to uh, warrant, uh, possibly warrant a, a place among um, all pro teams. Um, I think he's been named in the all pro seconds. Um, so yeah, I think he's a bit more a bit more fitting to be considered as a as an all pro or an all two mw maybe <laughs> yeah yeah now i i can't argue with you and as i said the the stats don't really back up what i'm saying but uh i've i've put his name out there i've given him a mention that that's definitely enough uh for vita vea i'll go i'll go with your your selection of the forest buckner as our second defensive tackle yeah Aaron Donald and DeForest Buckner on the same. Well, you wouldn't say no, would you? You wouldn't well, say they, no. They could have faced each other, but no, he's at, he's at the Colts, so uh, maybe next. Year. <laughs> uh, next one up on our all two MW team is inside linebacker. Now, uh, interesting, um, interesting choices coming up, possibly. Right. <laughs> yeah, you've had a, a little look forward at, at the name that I've put forward. Like, it's another Green Bay Packers player. Okay, I hate naming Packers to these things, but again, credit where it's due. Devondre Campbell. They got him on a very cheap one-year, two million dollar contract in the off-season. He's been worth way more than that to them. Uh, 111 solo tackles, tied for sixth. Two interceptions, tied for fifth. Two forced fumbles, again tied for fifth. He's been a playmaker on that team. He's been massively responsible for um, the Packers being able to improve their run defense. Uh, they're historically bad uh, at stopping the run, but this year they've been on another level. So I think Devondre Campbell's a big part of that. Um, what I will say is uh, fantastic news. He's a free agent in 2022, so hopefully he'll he'll book and go elsewhere, and I won't feel so guilty about nominating him for the All Two MW team. Yes, interesting, interesting choice. Um, my choice, uh, however, uh, comes via um, a uh, a player that I think a lot of people fail to to appreciate another um another new england player a guy that's been there a, a long time as well uh, and seems to not fail to to um put up stats and pretty much play the whole season um and that's dante hightower uh he's had uh 64 uh tackles uh, combined tackles that's equates to 39 so solo 25 assisted tackles uh he does have um only one and a half sacks it's probably his well one of his worst seasons for sacks uh they sorely missed him uh last year he was a covid opt-out um so the majority of the packers defense yeah <laughs> um yeah, so he's definitely proven his worth. Uh, if if rumours, rumblings in in some of the the New England ether is um, coming true, he could be on his way out. Um, whether that's via retirement or or going elsewhere, 
I'd be sad to see him leave. He'd be a big miss. Um, but yeah, he'd be a, a great fit in most teams in the league. So this is a bit of a you know a Sophie's choice for me. Do I put a Patriot there or do I put a Packer there? And <laughs> like, I think the Patriot is the lesser of two evils here. So I'll go. I'll go with your pick. Have yeah. we got any other Patriots in here? Like, did, uh, did, did the other guy get in? Did the guy that I nominated get in? I can't remember, but... No. We'll see. There's, there are probably far too many for your liking by the end of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Again, it's better than a Packers player. So, Dante Hightower, welcome to the All-2MW team. Absolutely. You'll get a patch in the post. I'll send it to one Patriot place in the off-season. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? What's the hill? <laughs> okay, so... Uh, Finishing off linebacker, then we've got two outside linebackers to choose. Uh, this is where a name previously mentioned in the chat may come back. What do you think? Yeah, and I think uh, I think the name that 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 appears and um, is is mentioned a, a guy that's that's been around for longer than I I'd, I'd remembered. Um, Joey Bosa. Um, this season, fifty-one tackles, uh, and uh, that solo tackles, fifteen assisted tackles, ten point ten and a half sacks this season. Uh, a proper stalwart um, of that Chargers D line. Good, uh, good career so far. Yeah, Bosa. yeah. I mean, he's a Bosa. You can't can't really go wrong with a Bosa on yeah. on your defense, to be honest. But um, I'm gonna make a pitch here. And it's probably my only chance. So this is where I pitch a Bears player for this team. Okay, It's the only place it fits. Robert Quinn deserves to be on this team. Yeah. After a diabolical 2020 season, uh, coming in and really disappointing, he really stepped up this year. Uh, he's tied for second uh, in the league with uh, 18 sacks. More than your guy Bosa, as good as Bosa mm. is. Uh, he's had four force fumbles, which is tied for fifth. And he's kept the, the Bears competitive uh, in games that they really had no business being competitive in. So I'm going to shoot my shot, and I want Robert Quinn on this team. Yeah, and I, I think, well, like you said, uh, that stats are there. Um, second in sacks. I mean, I think I'd rather have a guy that was sacking the quarterback 18 times than 10 10.5. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to give you your bear <laughs> over Joey Bosa. When? That's going to go down well in the chat. <laughs> well, we can try and appease with uh, with this next choice. This will probably be a unanimous choice, I would suggest. Uh, and again, you can argue about what position he actually plays. TJ Watt. Listed as an outside linebacker. Again, he's got his finger in the dirt quite a lot as a defensive end, but he's listed as an outside linebacker, so that's where we'll we'll keep him. And I don't really think I need to explain this pick too much. Um, you know, 22 sacks, first in the league. Can't argue with that. It was the only bright spot on the Steelers. They really missed him when he was out. Like He did his own argument. I don't need to argue the case for him, I don't think. Yeah, I'm I going to say that with with tj watt there's definitely no arguments at all from me uh yeah what a guy and his career has been 
awesome. Um, yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be odd when when uh, his time uh, comes to to leave uh, the Steelers. Maybe with uh, with what happened today with with Ben Roethlisberger announcing his retirement. Yeah, things could start to shift in in Pittsburgh. So yeah. I think any team would take TJ Watt. Oh yeah, yeah, he could be some really good trade bait. Yeah, in a in a team that's now going to be rebuilding, yeah. and it isn't going to look competitive for a few years. Do you say TJ Watt is is available? He's on the trading block. Um, yeah, yeah, I would. I T- would. T- I would get some major value for him. And come back. TJ Watt for Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> no, that's a bad pick. That's a bad, bad trade. Uh, did Big Ben make this team or no? No, he made the uh, all tackled by grass team rather than the all two MW team. Did did old Big Ben? Okay, cool. So uh, I've got my way there. TJ Watt and Robert Quinn uh, outside linebacker. Beautiful. Beautiful. First and, sec- first and second in sacks respectively. Yeah. There we are. You got by the numbers. You can't argue with it. Absolutely not. Uh, next up for us is uh, cornerback. Uh, another position where we've got to pick who. Um, interesting season for cornerback. Uh, have you got any names that you think I'll like or we can agree on? Yes, you know very well that I have a, a name that, that you like. Um, I should have just kept my notes to myself instead of sharing them with you. Um, my first pick is JC Jackson at the Patriots. Um, and yep, well established. I don't really like naming Patriots to these things either, but helped make the Patriots sit amongst the lead league leaders against the pass in 2021. Deserves the kudos. Your father loves it as well. It's like some kind of massive Patriots collusion against Jez, but go on. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. No, you're not wrong. I mean, JC Jackson has been my my Patriot this year um, for for what he's done on, on the defense at cornerback. Uh, stepping up, making big plays, disrupting plays. Uh, yeah, another guy that um, probably can only get better. As, as he gets older um, and will bring a lot to to the Patriots defense uh, next season okay good right enough of giving you what you want next pick <laughs> uh, is Trevon Diggs at the Cowboys um, and his interception streak really speaks for itself uh, as, as, so the only argument I would need to make but I have more uh, he <laughs> led the position uh, with interceptions at 11 uh, he led in yards allowed, uh, only 1,026 yards, uh, and um, penalties with 11 in the regular season. So between him and Micah Parsons, I think they are the Cowboys' defense and uh, Diggs and his kid. His kid's hella cute. Deserve to be uh, on this team. Yeah, and uh, another another guy I, I can't argue with. I mean, Trevon Diggs, another player that the Cowboys fans seem to love talking about um, stats speak for themselves. Um, so, 
yeah, as you said, Mike Mike Parsons and and Trevon Diggs have made Cowboys look palatable on defense. Uh, your father says I don't buy Diggs at all. Every time I watch him, he gets burned going for picks. Yeah, he's all or nothing. He's all or nothing. But you got Absolutely. JC Jackson in the position, so you can shut up and take it. That's what I say to that. Any other names to add to to corner, or are we good with uh, Trevon Diggs <laughs> and JC Jackson? Yeah, I think those are the the two that that ring truest for me. Perfect. We'll move on then uh, to safety, uh, which is a very deep position. Um, struggle to make my choices here. Uh, what did you have? Yeah, so the the first one that um, that came up at me uh, was Justin Simmons. Um, uh, now he's been uh, probably one of the best safeties in the league for better part of the last decade. Um, next season for him will be his third different scheme defensively. Uh, versatility speaks for itself, um, and. Uh, constantly uh, reinventing himself on, on uh, at safety uh, will definitely allow him to succeed uh, this coming season as well. So yeah, Justin Simmons. Okay, fair enough. Um, I would, I would say for Justin Simmons, I can't really argue with what you're saying, but I would go with um, Micah Hyde, Buffalo Bills. Uh, going by the numbers and the presence that he has on that defense and what he does as a leader of that team. Um, they made a, a big point about it in the, the pregame leading up to, to last week's game, what a difference Micah Hyde makes on that team. Uh, tied for first in interceptions with five. Uh, and That Bills defense allowed the least passing yards per game in 2021. Uh, they only allow 176.7 yards per game. Uh, that's overall. When you look at their home games, they only allow 128.3. Okay, he's not responsible for all of that, but he is a leader on that defense, and he is definitely a contributor in stopping the ball going deep over the top of the, the corners. So uh, I'm, I'm going Micah Hyde. Yeah, and I think I think over over Simmons, I think um, again I I I I hate to argue with stats. Um, tied first for interceptions, yeah, um, and and keeping those yards, those passing yards down, is a is a big contrib uh, contributing factor to, I guess you can call it another another successful ish year for for Buffalo winning the AFC title. Uh, AFC East title rather uh, for the second year running uh, defense does does win you things uh, and I think matches the Patriots in the playoffs that kind of thing <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah so yeah Mike Hyde is is um, is a very uh, very very good choice good choice indeed Jez okay so uh, we're we saying instead of Justin Simmons or should we Put in a a third choice and then decide. I th uh, if I think I think we can I think we can decide after this next one, right? Yeah, I mean I've got another one. So um, yeah. my my second choice would be Buda Baker at the Cardinals. Uh, 
great year for the Cardinals uh, on defense. Um, similar to Micah Hyde, Baker's settled there as, as the veteran presence that, that they really need to have. Um, the stats don't wholly reflect him being here, kind of same as Vita Vea. His overall presence contributes to everybody else's success. Um, what he does for the team speaks for itself. Losing him uh, in the playoff game uh, was was diabolical for the Cardinals. I, th mm -hmm. I think Buda Baker, much like there are some other players that deserve a place on this team because it's our first all-to-MW team, I think Buda Baker is one of those players. Yeah, and, uh, you know, with with him, uh, you know, into his, what, coming up his, his sixth year in Arizona, um, you know, having... Um, put up numbers. I mean, you know, is is sixty three solo tackles, uh, assisting th on thirty five. Um, yeah, he's he's even had his his best season this year for uh, yards on on interception. So he's uh, he's had one hundred and one yards after intercepting the ball this year. So yeah, uh, Buda Baker is. Um, yeah, he's he's a he's a very um very astute uh safety who uh is is a very very good uh choice as well. So would you go Micah Hyde and Buda Baker? Yeah, I, I think I think um they're they're the two that uh warrant their choices uh more so than um Justin Simmons. Uh, who, um, yeah, okay, he's been around for for a long time. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, if he hangs around another year. Maybe he'll get in next year. Maybe, you know? maybe just maybe, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, safeties hang around for ages. So, um, you know, they don't make enough money to retire early like quarterbacks. No, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Micah Hyde and Buda Baker at safety, uh, and that's the defense done. Yes. Uh, so, so it's now on to the uh, the, the the specialists, specialists of specialists. Uh, you got to be special to be on special teams, right? Um, and the the first one that that we we kick uh, we we kick up with, yeah, we kick up with on our old two minute uh, warning team is uh, that of the kicker. Uh, who's your choice? Now, there's a very easy and very obvious choice here, a kicker. Um, and I'm not going to go with it. I'm going to instead make the argument for Robbie Gold of the 49ers, mainly because I'm still bitter about the fact that uh, Ryan Pace decided to leave him out of Chicago uh, several years ago. It's one of Ryan Pace's first decisions and uh, arguably his worst decision. Robbie Gold has never missed a kick in the postseason. Uh, it's generally solid for the 49ers and has a, an overall proven track record with the team. So I would put the argument in for Robbie Gold, and now you can tell me I'm wrong and that we should be putting the obvious choice in because that's probably going to win. Wow. Like, like you said, Justin Tucker um, set the kick-in record this season. Um, Ultra-reliable again for the Ravens. Uh, that 66-yard field goal uh, probably will not be broken for a long time. And that was against the Lions quite early on in the season. I think around about week three, week four. Uh, he's hit 35 out of 37 
this season. That is a 94.6% success rate. Uh, the only teams he has missed against were the Lions. So the same game he uh, broke the record, he, he missed one. And against Miami. So yeah, they're the two misses. Dolphins and Lions. Yeah, I mean, it, we're going to put Tucker in. It's obvious, but I did want to just have a little yeah, rant I'm, about. I Robbie mean, Gold. Rob, Rob, Robbie Gold has been a fantastic. Don't get me wrong; he's been a fantastic. Okay, he's, he's given his service to, like I said, Chicago. Uh, they're obviously missing a, a reliable, uh, a, a more reliable kicker. Um, and the Forty ers are obviously making the most of it, um, winning them games when it's counted the most, especially last week. Yep. Bears would have won that that playoff game, the double doink game, if we had Robbie Gold. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Okay. So I've said my piece. Justin Tucker will be the the all two MW kicker. Um, we'll move on to punter, another yes. un unsung hero uh, of special teams. Very important that you have a good punter. Uh, Who have you got in that position? I've gone for AJ Cole out of the Raiders. Um, he's had the longest punt average in the league this season. He's also uh, one of just two punters since 2012 to average over 50 yards per punt. So he's got a leg, a good leg. It's good to know for a punter that no, the leg yeah, is kind of important, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. See, for me, the best punters in the league are on teams that have to punt a lot. Uh, the Raiders don't necessarily have to punt a lot because their their offense is is okay. Mm. Um, so I I turn to the Detroit Lions and uh, my pick is Jack Fox. His average wasn't that much lower than AJ Cole in that kind of top five. They are pretty much much for muchness within a yard or two, uh, and Jack Fox averaged forty nine point two yards per punt. And the the Lions are a terrible team. So yeah, they are. He's had plenty of time to practice. So I would say Jack Fox. Yes, um, and it'd feel wrong uh, to not put a Lions player on the team. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with Jack Fox. Fair enough. How <laughs> dare you, says your father. His his second team, the uh, the Detroit Lions. Yeah. <laughs> if I keep giving him a, uh, a hard time about the Patriots, maybe he'll just switch completely to the Lions if the Lions start improving. Uh, you never know. You know, wow. you, you Patriots fans are fickle glory hunters after all. Oh, I've not popped like some of these people that jumped over to the Buccaneers when Brady left. <laughs> hey! <laughs> I don't have one of these awful half-and-half half jerseys. I do know a, a fair few Patriots fans that are now Bucks fans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Shocking behaviour. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so Jack Fox is in at Punter. Uh, now yes. our last position on the all 2MW team. Yeah, and that's going to go uh the uh the the position of positions, right? The the kick slash punt returner. Um interesting position. Uh another name uh, another position rather that doesn't get the um the glory. Not anymore. No, no, but since they changed the rules surrounding uh Kickoffs mostly. Uh, they haven't really got the the glory and the kudos that they deserve. But I'm again going to shoot my shot and try and get a Bears player in here. My pick is Jakeem Grant. Uh, he was on an excellent run uh, in 
in a tradition of, of you know excellent returners of the Bears, uh, such as Devin Hester, etc. Um, but he went out with a concussion, um, kind of mid to late season, and then he went out with an ankle injury and never came back. But before that, he was on for a barn burner, was breaking records. So I'm, I'm suggesting Jakeem Grant and hand the floor to you. Yeah, well, I've gone with uh, Kane Nuongu. Um, now, uh, Jez has seen my notes, and <laughs> I've had to have one of those spelling lessons. <laughs> yeah, I, I read your phonetic spelling, and I still couldn't say it. So, oh, yeah. Like, kudos I know, I to could, you. Fair play. I, 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 I've practiced and practiced. Uh, he plays for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, on just 18 returns, uh, Kane has scored twice, averaged... 32.2 yards per return, which was the highest average of anybody with at least two returns. So they set the bar high in the NFL for, um, you know, as long as you've done two returns, you get in the stats, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a high bar, but it is a bar. No, it's a bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so um, interesting, interesting choices. Uh, Devin Hester would have been a hell of a choice. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Devin Hester wins in pretty much every category, regardless yeah. of what that category is. But no, <laughs> um, you let me have my my Chicago Bear earlier, um, and I will I will go with your pick of Kane Nwongu, hey. uh, based on the fact that he survived an entire season and, and put up some good numbers. So, yes. and we haven't got any other Vikings on this team, have we? So, no, no we don't. So diversity don't. and you know, yeah. Throwing a, a Viking a horn or whatever the colloquial is. Yes. Okay. Cool. Nice. Well, it did take a little while. We always yes. knew it was going to take a little while, but I think we've we've got ourselves a good inaugural all two MW team there. Wonderful. But we're not quite done on the uh, awarding front. We now move on to uh, our our honours, our yes. awards. Um, in the following categories, we're each going to choose one each. Uh, overall MVP, league MVP, uh, offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, coach of the year, and rookie of the year. We'll stay on time for these. Um, I don't think most of these are going to require much discussion. It's just going to be a no. simple, this is who we're choosing, and they've prob their names have probably come up already. So who, first of all, uh, is your most valuable player? Yeah, so I've gone with a, a controversial one that's probably going to come out with um, with uh, with, with uh, winning it anyway uh, in 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 real life in the NFL, and that's Tom Brady. Uh, like it's a little controversial, but uh, it probably have played his last game in his career. Uh, so here's mm -hmm. to career. Uh, massive thanks, to Tom Brady, for the memories and the Super Bowl memories. Um, yeah, what a guy. Uh, had his first ever penalty, unsportsmanlike penalty called against him for the first time in his career because oh. uh, he had his lip cut by one of the Rams D players last Because he bit so. his own lip being tackled <laughs> in the shoulder. Come on, Tom, get a grip, lad. Honestly. Yeah, so um, it, he'd come out the week before saying, you know, the, the refs had been a little slack with him for the whole like 22 year career he's had. Yeah, good. So flag him for being a <laughs> flag him for being a pansy. <laughs> yeah, so that's my choice, but that's the I, I think it's the obvious slash controversial choice. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I see your point. Tom Brady's a valid MVP, and he may very well win the MVP. I would definitely take him over the other QB option that is being bandied about. Uh, in the chat, your father says Cooper Cup. Come back to the conversation of earlier. He didn't do it on his own. He needed Stafford to do it. Yeah. So, no, not the most valuable shared shared value between him and Stafford. I would I would suggest, uh, but. Neither of those are my pick. Uh, my pick for most valuable player is Jonathan Taylor. He carried the Colts on his back. Um, he managed to make the Colts a winning team, uh, despite the fact that they have Carson Wentz at quarterback. And if that's yeah. not an argument for being an MVP, then what is? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And I think um, I think that's a name that has been banded around the last month or so. In the MVP conversation. Yeah, yeah. It'd be nice to see a running back winning it. Um, it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's not going to happen, no. No, which is good, which good is choice. why I'm very happy to name a non-quarterback as most valuable player because it's not actually yeah. going to happen. No, no. So, yeah. 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 Uh, next up then, uh, offensive player of the year. Yeah. And that is, plays on offense, not, you know, swears <laughs> a lot and is a racist <laughs> or something and causes offense. Yeah. Um, and I, I think maybe, maybe just maybe we can agree and uh, make your old father happy too. Um, and uh, I'm going with Cooper Cup. Uh, he's always on my fantasy team, and I tend to draft stupidly early for reasons like um, he gets me points without fail. Yeah, yeah. Cooper Cup, offensive player of the year. Reasons as earlier. Reasons as in the previous person. So yeah, yeah. That's an easy one. Cooper Cup. Unanimous Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah, uh, next one up is Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, I'm going Micah Parsons. Um, there is another category that you could have put him in, but um, yeah. when you talk about players that have made an impact for their teams and have, uh, without a doubt, made their teams better, uh, Micah Parsons is that guy, uh, as we said, turnaround of the season. Uh, there is no non- TJ Watt opinion uh, option valid here. Well, I've just given you one, and uh, you know the the um, the Steelers didn't make the playoffs, did they? So no, can't no. be that valuable. <laughs> Who's uh, your my pick? Cho- my choice is JC Jackson. Uh, gone from strength to strength, like I said earlier. Picked up so many um, picks when it mattered. Uh, I know it was only eight. Uh, but also uh, tacked up 58 tackles this season. So, yeah, JC Jackson's my pick. Oh, yeah, the Steelers did make the playoffs. Yeah, that was that was memorable, oh, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bit like my, my Patriots, bad. one and done. <laughs> Sorry, Steeler fans. Yeah, yeah. My Cinderella story. I forgot about my Cinderella yeah. story. Yeah, yeah. what are you going to do? Uh, speaking of forgetting, um, oh no, I did put it in there. Uh, our next category uh, is Coach of the Year. Who have you got for Coach of the Year? I've I've gone with uh, and and um, I think at least one of the news agencies in the states have have already named him as Coach of the Year. But I've gone with Mike Vrabel, um, nah. an expatriate, uh, awesome player. Uh, turned around the Titans uh, and they t- he turned them into a real threat this season. Obviously not on his own. Uh, Folding short granted uh, after last weekend. 
a good foundation to build on and really uh you know needs to focus on getting that QB uh situation hopefully a, a more consistent better quarterback uh to bring them on further. Okay. Well well you know it's your pick, I can't argue with it. But um <laughs> uh my pick is somebody who's who's more obviously turned a team around from being a bad team last year to being uh, a fairly decent team this year. Uh, I'm going for Nick Sirianni, Philadelphia Eagles head coach. Uh, that team was in shambles last year. Yeah. Um, he adapted on the fly throughout the year to what wasn't working uh, and focused more on the running game to, to get that, that team moving. And he's given Jalen Hurts opportunities to uh, mm-hmm. succeed. I think he's done a, a really good job there. So, yeah, he's my pick. Yeah, good good choice as well. Like you said, for, for the reasons you've listed, giving Jalen Hurts the opportunities, and Jalen Hurts has done wonders for that Eagles team. At times. Sometimes you oh. you, you find yourself yearning for uh, a bit of Minshew mania, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> yes. uh, honorable mention to Zach Taylor. Yeah, he, he was my my second choice, but he'd already started to turn the Bengals around, so... Yeah. Not looking at work done in previous years that built towards this one, which is why Vrabel didn't get a look in for me either. I'm looking purely at this year and what they've done this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Vrabel put in the work previously. Zach Taylor put in the work previously. Um, so I, I think I was always going to give it to a first-year head coach. Mm. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, but moving on to our last category, Matthew. Yes, and it is that that one that we're probably going to laugh about and it's uh, rookie of the year okay yeah uh, i'm not going to repeat a player uh, otherwise micah parsons would have got a, a look in here uh, my choice here is it's probably someone that that should get a look in uh, but won't because of the position that they play my pick is rashawn slater uh, on the offensive line of the chargers he's Proven to be as dominant a left tackle as there is uh, in football today. He's second in pass block win rate, 91.5% amongst all tackles. Um, And he's proven that running behind him creates a massive wall that that really can't be be dealt with. The Chargers have averaged nearly 6.5 yards a carry this season uh, with, with him there. Uh, Austin Eckler's had a wonderful year. Um, uh, we've seen a lot better from Justin Herbert because he's been on his feet more this season. Um, and I think, despite all the conversation that we had about it uh, pre-season, and we did talk about the offensive line a lot uh, when we are leading up to the draft, I think Rashawn Slater is probably uh, uh, the best the, the best lineman that, that came out of this year's draft. Yeah, and I'm 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 gonna choose a quarterback, and he's Mac Jones. Um, yeah, <laughs> people, people, yeah, yeah, laugh, laugh, but yes, no. he no. he is the best quarterback out of the no, rookie no, class. No, 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 no. <laughs> he won't win it, but you know, we'll see. Um, he won't come close, mate. He won't yeah. even be in the conversation. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh what a what a um a good start it's not a great start but what a good start to his young career 
3,801 yards, 22 touchdowns, a passer rating of 92.5 on his first season. Uh, I just think, although there's been this stupid talk of, oh, yeah, we'll we'll just trade him away. Uh, what for? Um, you're not going to get value for what's going to be a first-year pro. Um, I just think good, good things will happen if they start to build and give Mac weapons in New England. I disagree completely. <laughs> to be honest. And I don't even think I need to, to dwell on it because I've, I've ah, said you, my you... piece on several episodes <laughs> of this show previous. But, you know, if you want to, you know, choose some nepotism and, and go for your, your team, you do absolutely. that, man. You, you do you. <laughs> you do you. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. The suggestion of Jamar Chase. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good pick too. It's certainly a better pick than Mac Jones. Um, I I don't know that Jamar Chase is single-handedly the reason that that the Bengals are better. He's a massive contributor, but I think a lot of that goes to Joe Burrow as well. I don't know in the in the same way that that Cup shouldn't win the MVP because Stafford's a contributor. I don't know, but yeah, I certainly accept the argument of Jamar Chase being Rookie of the Year. I think he will yeah. be. In that conversation, when yeah, when the NFL come to uh, to choose these honors, but we're not really doing what they want us to do or following mm. their their options. We're doing what we want, <laughs> as is severely evidenced by you picking Mac Jones. <laughs> Bold, <laughs> but those are our picks. Absolutely, uh, Jess. You just said TJ Watt deserves no credit for being on a bad team. <laughs> That's not quite what I said not quite what i said anyway let's move on uh, <laughs> and get to our our preview of the nfl championship games uh it's taken us a long road to get here today but now we've got two games of football to talk about and yeah. then we'll get on out of here in what has been one of our longest episodes uh it has draft excluded obviously the draft was going to be long but anyway uh first up at 8 p.m. UK time, 3 p.m. Eastern on Sunday, the Cincinnati Bengals will visit the Kansas City Chiefs for the AFC Championship. Let's go! Yeah, it's nice to see that clock again. Um, anyway, I've got a sneaky feeling here that the Chiefs will have too much for the Bengals, but I don't want the Bengals to stop in Kansas. Uh, Burrow has had his adversities this season, uh, so has Mahomes. Uh, I just have a feeling that Burrow and Jamar Chase can exploit what was a bad, in my opinion, Kansas City defensive line that should have got dismantled last week by the Bills. Uh, and it pains me to say that if that coin toss had gone the other way, we did say earlier in overtime, that it would be Bengals versus Bills. But for me, this week, Bengals all the way. Oh, okay. Well, it has been a, a fairy tale run for the Bengals, uh, and that actually started uh, in the first meeting between these two teams in Week 17. Uh, in that game, Cincinnati beat Kansas City 34 to 31. It was a great game. Let's hope that this one is just as good. In that game, Mahomes uh, only got—I say only—for him, it's pedestrian. 259 yeah. yards and two touchdowns. 
since that point, Mahomes has been putting up bigger numbers, especially in the postseason, more Mahomes-like numbers, uh, taking down some big defenses like the Bills uh, in a matter of seconds, uh, as we established. In that first meeting, Joe Burrow had 446 yards. Good chunk of, of numbers. Uh, four touchdowns in that game. But in an opposite way, his numbers have diminished the more they've gone mm. through the postseason. Uh, he hasn't looked as convincing in the playoffs as has Mahomes in Kansas City. So unfortunately, as much as I'm rooting for a Bengals win, I think this is where the dream ends. I'm going Chiefs win. Wow. It's nice to agree to disagree on this one. Someone's going to get it, right? <laughs> Not both of us this time. <laughs> uh, and it feels weird to say that um, it's uh, the this this game uh, at 11.30pm UK, uh, 6.30 Eastern. It's the NFC Championship game, which will be decided in all NFC West affair as the San Francisco 49ers travel south a little bit uh, to face the LA Rams. Tasty game. Tasty, mm. tasty game. Uh, what do we think? Let's put two minutes up. Hope it's a tasty game. I really hope it's a tasty game. Um I would be happy for the 49ers to go all the way as a little thank you for, for taking down the Packers. Um, but I do think that the reality will have to set in at some point for San Francisco. There is the fact, and we mentioned it earlier, that San Francisco hold a six-game winning streak over LA, including their two regular season meetings this year. Um, but as we said, especially in that latter game, it didn't really matter to the Rams. They were already in the playoffs. If you lose this one, you're done. Bigger stakes. Lots of people in in the league, pundits, point to Matt Stafford taking two-plus sacks in their previous games as the reason why they lost. But Stafford was sacked twice by the Bucks last week and still held on to win, albeit barely. So I, I'm not going to overthink it, and I'm just going to go for the favourite here. Rams win. Well... Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna uh, get to my prediction now. Uh, 49ers. Yeah, they've done amazing things. They made me apologise to their fan base, and yes, they are the feel-good story of this year's playoffs. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is smiling. Debo is playing well, and so is George Kittle. But any given Sunday was a last Sunday, uh, not in holiday terms, because there's no holiday called any given Sunday. Uh, the Rams have had a great season, uh, as I said earlier, are in win-now mode uh, and have no draft picks in the early rounds, so they need to get their hands on the Lombardi this time around, otherwise it's a long old road back. Uh, 49ers, I was going to say it's been a, a great run, and it has been. Yes, you'll probably prove everybody wrong. Uh, win it here and you'll probably win it all. I was going to say Matt Stafford and the Rams. However, I'm going to go for the 49ers just to throw a spanner in the works. <laughs> He's called an audible. That's not what Absolutely. it says in the notes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I will admit I went for the Rams, but I thought, oh, hang on. Six game winning streak. I thought, you know, let's, let's, yeah, let's just, let's just stick with the, uh, you know, the, the, the people who seem to have the number on the, uh, 
on the Rams. Yeah, fair enough. He's hoping that by differing on each of the games that we we can tie things up going into the Super Bowl in our prediction competition. And do you know what? It's a bold move. I hope it works for you. It will just make uh, the Super Bowl all that more exciting for us with with a bottle of rum on the line rather than yeah. me. Like if I otherwise I think I need the bottle of rum ready for uh for the Super Bowl to be honest. Yeah. So you know we'll discuss that before we reconvene. Which yes. will not be next week. Uh no episode of two minute warning next week. We're gonna take a little break uh as the NFL moves into the Pro Bowl and we'll be back uh on February the tenth at nine PM in our, our usual Thursday evening slot. We're going to obviously look forward to the Super Bowl, whoever gets there. But we'll also be looking back at our preseason predictions uh, and having a, a conversation about, hopefully, a lot of hires of head coaches and general managers. They've started. The yeah. Bears are done. Don't know how I feel about it yet. And it gives me a, a couple of weeks to to really let it set in and decide whether I'm happy or not. Uh, hopefully, we'll... We'll have covered the majority of uh, of the spots as well, and we can discuss those. But uh, it's been a good show today. I've yes. thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, thanks to everyone that, that came and chatted with us, uh, even if they uh, just came to argue with, with what I was saying and, and disagree with me, even though I'm, I'm talking <laughs> absolute genius over here, you know? <laughs> Aren't we both? Aren't we both? Apart yeah. Well, yeah. We'll see. We'll, we'll see when these predictions... It, whether our predictions come right uh, with with those award winners, uh, see how many how many we get right, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's all to play for. It, it adds a lot it of is. intrigue to uh, Championship Weekend. I hope that you enjoy Championship Weekend, Matt. As do I hope everybody enjoys the Championship Weekend. We'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us on Two Minute Warning. See you in a fortnight. Say goodbye, Matt. Bye, Matt always in the tradition love it <laughs> good night everybody <laughs>